Hi, and welcome to Women at Warp, a Star Trek podcast. Join us in our continuing mission to explore intersectional diversity in infinite combinations. My name is Aliza Pearl. Thank you for tuning in. With me today are Jara. Well, hello, Trekkies. And Grace. Hello. And we have two amazing, very special guests, Mary Chifo from Star Trek Discovery. Kapla. <laughs> <laughs> always, right? I always have to. <laughs> and we have Bonnie Gordon from Star Trek Prodigy. Hello, and thank you. Yay! <laughs> Hi, everybody. Yes. Amazing. Before we get into our main topic, we have a little bit of housekeeping to do first. Do you want me to sing all this? Up to you. <laughs> totally I'm up to you. All of it. I'll do each bullet point in a different style. Oh, my God. I'm overdoing this already. <laughs> uh, I am a musical theater nerd, so I have to overdo everything. Our show is made possible by our patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month and get awesome rewards from thanks on social media up to silly watch along commentaries. Visit patreon.com slash women at warp. Bravo. Applause. Applause. Yes. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to do the rest because that, that took a lot of brain power. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, another little housekeeping thing. If you're looking for podcast merch, which, I mean, aren't we always looking for podcast merch? Yeah. It's 2022, about to be 2023. Go ahead and check out our Tee Public store. We have so many designs with new ones being added all the time. And it's on so much more than just T-shirts. You can get like mugs and water bottles and and towels. I just made that one up. I don't know if you, you can actually do that. But you can find out if you can at tpublic.com slash stores slash women at warp. All right. Um, I want to throw in another little announcement because I am actually going to be running a new Star Trek Avengers campaign. <gasps> Clear Skies Perseverance starting in the new year. Uh, Bonnie is involved with oh, that. No. Oh, no. It's been announced out loud. I can't back I know. Out. I literally... <laughs> I'm announcing it. Bonnie's in the cast. <laughs> um, but we start... Uh, we haven't announced our actual start date. So stay tuned. It's going to be early in 2023. Uh, follow me. Follow Streampunk's RPG on all the socials for more info on that. Woo. And uh, we also want to... Uh, ooh. Before we jump into introducing our guests and finding out about their history with Star Trek and musical theater, I actually want to also thank our patron, Catherine, because she is the one who suggested this topic. And here's what Catherine had to say. She wanted to hear us talk about crossovers between Broadway and Trek. She mentioned that George Hearn was on an episode of TNG after doing Sweeney Todd on Broadway. She also mentioned that Issa Briones was doing Hamilton before she was on Picard. Uh, there are quite a few musical theater actors that have been on Trek and vice versa. How does musical theater help prep you for Trek or the other way around? Mm. So we have a pretty fun, juicy topic here to discuss. But first, let's get back to our special guests. Mary Chifo, I want to start with you. Tell us about your history with musical theater mm -hmm. and I guess Star Trek. We all know who you are, but if you'd like for the people who are just listening to this now and have never seen a thing. If you're a Johnny come lately and just yeah. showed up. <laughs> um, wonderful. Well, I was so thrilled when you asked me uh, to be a part of this episode because as you, yes, you well know, big, big uh, geek overall and musical theater and Star Trek uh, are main hubs of that geekdom in my life and uh, I will say that I was a big musical theater nerd before I became the full throttle Trek nerd because um, as I've spoken to on this podcast in the past too I kind of became more of a Trek geek as I studied all of the Klingon episodes and then subsequent non-Klingon episodes um, but uh, with musical theater I would say that I became a full-fledged uh, musical theater kid in middle school I had, you know, grown up around, you know, theater in general, and I'd seen musicals, but um, I auditioned for, I grew up in LA, and I auditioned for um, Millican Middle School Performing Arts Magnet, which um, has just been renamed uh, Louis Armstrong Middle School, so that, mm -hmm. I, that um, rightfully so. Uh, <laughs> I think they made a good choice there. Um, and uh, at the time, I was a 
I was playing soccer. I had done, you know, my elementary school plays and was around my parents who were actors. So I was definitely in that creative zone. But getting into this musical theater program um, just totally changed me and made me the full throttle. Um, uh, like I knew, oh, this is like a thing. Like you can have like this group of friends at school that like just want to like sing and dance and like get excited about stories. Um, and uh, we even had in eighth grade the eighth grade lawn and they had like a stage on that eighth grade lawn and that's where all the musical theater kids like had their lunch because we were <laughs> on the stage and we were the we were just really cool as you can imagine um <laughs> but yeah we did um my my sixth grade year i was star to be in annie which was very exciting i got a Aww. little singing solo in nyc um, and again, I'd always loved singing, uh, as a kid. I even in kindergarten got chased around, um, the, uh, <laughs> the playground, uh, because I wouldn't stop singing. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it all worked out. They couldn't stomp it out of me. And, uh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> they really could. The um, unthinkable but, Mary Chifo over here. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> but it did Annie. And then, uh, that next year, I not only was doing shows at school, but I went and I saw Wicked, uh, on Broadway with my parents. We had a New York trip and it, you know, I know I'm not the only one that had a, you know, life changing experience seeing Wicked, but, it was huge for me because Alphaba was a character who felt more like me than I'd probably ever seen on stage. And um, that, you know, took me up to the next level of being musical theater. Like I was playing that album constantly, um, knew all the songs. I ended up ushering in high school at the Pantages uh, when Wicked was there so I could watch the show every night <laughs> and memorize it. Um, and, you know, you know, throughout... Uh, middle school and high school did a lot of musicals um just you know once you know the school musical every year i was definitely a part of it um and i love it and i i did end up pursuing more you know um straight drama whatever you want to call it uh it as i you know went into college but luckily um at juilliard they have a great singing component so i still got to work on musical theater songs and um i just do love the way that we can tell heightened stories uh, through musical theater um and i'm always thrilled to see a great you know musical uh one of which i saw aliza and bonnie in most recently i think y'all might have Aww. been the most recent uh live musical i saw at fringe oh wow uh, which was that great um uh, what was the the name of the the show uh teaching a robot how to love yes um, which love that theme as well. It all ties in. Um, but I do love yeah. getting to see shows like that, uh, especially seeing great talented friends on stage. And, uh, but yeah, but that's, uh, you know, obviously uh, I could keep talking, but that's kind of the, the mixture of my musical theater, uh, experience. And, uh, um, I do think as we'll talk about, it does tie in so much with the things I love about Trek and the way, you know, as we, as we know, the, the, the actors involved so i will i will stop now <laughs> <laughs> um thank you yeah thanks for uh sharing your your history of musical theater and being bullied for it Jesus. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. um bonnie yeah. uh yeah tell us tell us about your your history with oh musical theater gosh. and a sprinkle of your star trekness too well there is much oh yes yes <laughs> I've been sprinkled everywhere. Um, I, whoa, I grew up loving musical theater, kind of the same as Mary. I discovered it more so in middle school. My mother, um, I grew up with like the soundtrack of the Fantastics playing, you know, loud. I remember seeing my first big musical I've ever saw was Phantom of the Opera. I was nine years old and we went to the Sanger Theater in New Orleans, which is a beautiful old theater. Um, kind of like those, you know, old theaters that you see, like kind of like the Pantages out here in LA. And I remember sitting there just being completely mesmerized. And I looked up to my mom, you know, and I was like, this is what I want to do. And of course my mom's like, oh no, because at the time I, I was, I had like crooked legs. I walked funny. I had buck teeth and headgear, uh, slightly like cross-eyed with thick bottle glasses. I mean, I was a mess. My mom's like, oh my gosh, she wants to be a prima donna ballerina. And how she, my mom was like, did not have the heart to tell me that 
I am not, I am no Christine. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but I grew up just wanting to be on stage and be a ham and, you know, go figure. Nothing's changed. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and I discovered theater in middle school. I, I did community theater whenever I could, um, you know, did little shows and whatnot. I actually also got cast in Annie and I was Annie <laughs> um, in a little Aww. production of Annie. I mean, again, this is way back in the day in Louisiana. So, you know, the theater scene wasn't huge where I was from either. You know, theater was like kind of like a, what is this thing? I was in Peter Pan. I, w- I was just so excited to be in anything. And then what I think really pushed me to pursue storytelling in the arts is uh, I later became a speechy in high school. So I don't know if any of you did speech and debate. I didn't really do the debate part, but uh, the humorous interp, duo, duet, dramatic interp, all of that. I was uh, I was state champion. Uh, I, oh, I went I to nationals know. so many times. It was crazy. I, so speech was kind of my thing because mm. we didn't have a huge theater scene in my hometown. There was not like a lot of local theaters. My school didn't put on like a yearly musical every year we didn't have a budget for that i went to like a public school that theater was not a focus so i was just very lucky to have an amazing um speech coach and drama teacher there uh shout out to miss broussard and then i became a musical theater major in college and an opera minor because obviously there's a future in that logical choice Oh, hell yeah. And then Hurricane Katrina happened and I dropped out of college. So please, kids, stay in school. Don't do what I did. Yeah, Katrina happened and I was like, oh. I didn't know that, Bond. Yeah. So I was, I I applied to um, NYU actually and got in and was planning on going to NYU, but uh, didn't get a scholarship and it was just too expensive. And Louisiana offered, they had a program in Louisiana that if you make a certain GPA, they want to keep you in the state and they offer you you know, basically a free ride to state colleges um, to keep for, to keep all of the high GPA kids from leaving Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was the most, it, you know, as, as Spock would say, it was the logical choice for me to stay and not rack up student debt. And then, of course, as I do that, Hurricane Katrina hits and I'm like, mm. well, was this the right choice? And And that's when I decided to leave. Wow. Yeah, but but musical theater, I mean, theater in general is such an important part of my life. And, you know, I, I spent years performing at, at Disney, at Disney World. I, I spent years performing in Vegas, which is how I became a Trekkie, performing in the Star Trek experience as one of the actors in that, which was a lot of, you know, which was a scripted show as well as improv. And so, yeah, I theater is a huge, I feel influence on who I am as a person. And I feel like um, it's so important for kids to have the arts growing up, like music and theater. I feel like I feel like it saved my life. I, I don't think I would be who I am today if it weren't for theater and, and musical theater, because I'd found my people and I found something I was good at. I didn't have a way to channel my energy or a, or a voice to I didn't have a way to express myself really until I discovered musical theater and, and realized there were other people, like there were other weirdos out there like me <laughs> that would break into song and dance over, mm-hmm. you know, over the small, over a crack in the sidewalk. I'm like, <laughs> let's get cracking. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, Bonnie, I think you definitely touch on something that I think a lot of us musical theater kids have experienced, which is that sense of community. Yes. Like mm-hmm. just as much as doing the shows and learning the songs and the choreography and doing strike and painting yeah. and all mm-hmm. that stuff that comes with it, just as much of it is finding your your first found family, I think. Because uh, I definitely had that experience, too, yeah. in high school. And like the little community theater, theater that I did in northern New Jersey, it was like it was it felt like found family for the first time in my life Mm -hmm. but i wanted to also throw it to jara and grace as well um because i don't know your uh connections with musical theater besides that we all love it like do you want to tell us a little bit about that maybe start with jara um my first musical that i ever saw was a terrible terrible community theater production of brigadoon um yes (laughs) 
I was go home that. with Bonnie Jean, yo. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to go home. But uh, no, I'm kidding. I actually really enjoyed it. But I was also like seven and had questionable taste. And uh, I I grew up with like musical theater soundtrack records in the house. And uh, so like playing and singing along with Annie and Sound of Music and uh, all these other musicals. And uh, then in high school... I played Rosie and Bye Bye Birdie, and uh, that is my only time I've actually been in a musical, and uh, since then have just been an an avid fan. Uh, I listened to, like, Playbill Radio, and that was a thing at my office all the time for a while. Best show that I, or highlight show that I've seen on Broadway was the production of A Little Night Music with Angela Lansbury and Ooh. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Whoa. Oh. That's dope. I think I'm, I saw that production but when it was Bernadette Peters. Ooh. Oh, very nice. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway, I love A Little mm. Night Music. Um. <laughs> Amazing. Grace, how about you? I'm a flamboyant queer Jew. I could sing <laughs> Ethel Merman before I could sing my ABCs. <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm from Oregon, which is the home of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, which yes. my yes. which my mother worked at uh, <gasps> as a teenager oh. and in her early 20s in the 70s. So when me and my sisters were born, she was really hell bent on making sure we got an exposure to this place where she really also kind of felt like she found her kin and her community. And um, so I was basically just raised on... Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals growing up and my mom scraping together to get us to a live theater performance whenever we could or whenever she had a friend who was working in the show, which was a funny contrast to my dad uh, being a rock musician and being in a split family situation meant we'd be at dad's house, mom's house one weekend uh, watching South Pacific over and over again. And then we'd be at dad's house next weekend with our tape and him being like, no, 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 let's find you something else. Let's up the ante a little bit. And that's how I saw Tommy at way too young an age. Oh, I also was, I also saw that way too young and was like, oh, this acid queen needs help. Like someone help. Yeah. <laughs> the upside Mommy, is I- what's an acid queen? <laughs> but the oh. last musical I think I saw was a bootlegged VHS recording of Carrie the Musical which is can, can, notoriously considered one of the worst Broadway productions to ever happen. Huh. And you Whoa. watch it and you go, oh, yeah, I see that. <laughs> um, but it's a little bit of a pet obsession of mine just because you'd think that would be like a performance goldmine, but there was just so many decisions made that make you go, oh, oh, that's the direction you're taking. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> Which is unfortunate because both of the female leads are giving it their all, clearly. Yeah. And there have been different revisions of it over the years. I actually got to serve as a consultant on the Vashon Youth Theater production of Carrie the Musical. um, Just because I had a background in theater and also knew way too much about Stephen King. I should probably also throw in, I, um, I went to a performing arts high school and then I studied some drama stuff in college and... I just can't keep my mouth shut or myself off a stage. <laughs> Yay. So we're all the club. theater kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's just Every single one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to give a quick shout out because everyone's saying the last live show that they saw. <laughs> I've been, I was so lucky. I was in New York for New York Comic Con. And at the same time, there was a, a table reading, like full on for investors for this new musical called Alice in Neverland. It's a mix of Alice in Wonderland and and Peter Pan. Oh. And uh, my friend Rustin Williams is one of the writers on it, uh, who's a dear friend of mine. And I so I was lucky enough that he snuck me into the, <laughs> to the table read so I could watch it. And when I say it's one of the best things I've ever seen and heard. And again, this was just, you know, no costumes, no sets, nothing, yeah. just bare, bare minimum. But the music is so good. The story is so good. And I'm a sucker for a good fantasy. You know, mm-hmm. I love Alice in Wonderland. I love Peter Pan. So mixing them together and also making it with like adult themes and making it just so it appeals to all ages. I loved it. And so keep an eye out for that. I think there was yeah. an article about it not too long ago. Cool. I have no doubt in my mind it's going to go to Broadway. Wow. Um, but anyway, yeah. shout out to them. Yeah. 
I also wanted to say, because I was when I said earlier how important the arts are for kids and, you know, finding community, I just love how in Star Trek, tying it all back to Star Trek, starting with Next Gen, how they would show how much art was still important in the future mm-hmm. and in space, yes, like showing yeah. different uh, having different music concerts and then putting on plays themselves and, uh, you know, painting could actually mm-hmm. contributing to the arts. I love how they kept yep. the arts alive mm-hmm. in Star Trek and made it such an important part of their day to day lives. So oh, that's it. So see, theater kids can exist in the Federation, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like we could have done a two hour episode here today if I had. I was thinking about this. I was like, if we mention like as many of the musical and the and or theatrical references that are in Star Trek, oh my it, would take a whole it, other it would take a episode. Whole episode. To do It'd that. be a whole lot of Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, oh, it would be. <laughs> but you're, but yeah, it's true, Bonnie. Like that's that's one thing I think. Maybe that's the crossover right there. Like us theater kids are attracted to Star Trek because we see the arts and we see like mm-hmm. ourselves reflected in these Starfleet officers who love musicals and and music and and art and theater yeah. and let's it, be real everyone in star trek is a nerd for something so yeah. absolutely yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i feel like that's with musical theater how you're saying we all found like this community it's the same thing with chart uh, with star trek the community of trekkies is just mm-hmm. so special and yeah. how um how the star trek family all over the world, you know, look out for each other. And, you know, we all nerd out over the same things. It's the same thing with musical theater. You can disagree and agree on certain things, but for the most part, we're all there to just enjoy the journey. And I feel like that's, it's, I mean, that's, that's any kind of like nerd community, but I feel like with Star Trek and musical theater, it's a lot of positive, positive vibes and also like rainbows and glitter. <laughs> Spaceships. <laughs> Flashy things. Yes. Jazz hands. Jazz hands and spaceships. Showmanship. <laughs> So here's the list. We're going to run down a bunch of Star Trek actors who have been on Broadway. Uh, It's a lot. So I'm just going to dive in. Feel free to interrupt and any commentary you want to add. We're going to keep this loose, but I'm going to go through this. Yeah, I will just stress again, it's not an exhaustive list. Like um, when you start going through everyone's bio especially uh-huh. if you're including like broadway just to mean musical theater versus oh, like literally theater. was in a no, no, broadway no. show or just, that's a good point yeah. to make we're talking musicals here yeah yeah so um almost everyone who's ever been on star trek has some at some point been in a musical oh yeah um, but yeah. these are maybe some people that are like more well known for their roles on broadway or in major musicals or they're you know maybe star trek people you might not know that about yeah. So starting from the top of our list, we have Celia Rose Gooding, our Uhura. Uh, they made their Broadway debut in the Alanis Morissette musical Jagged Little Pill in the role of Mary Frances Frankie Healy, which also got them a 2020 Tony Award nomination. Woo! Fabulous. So, yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And what a distinct uh, debut to be able to make. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to overshadow Celia's own accomplishments, but their mom is also a Broadway star, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. Worth mentioning. Yeah. LaShawn's, who was, I actually looked up to LaShawn's a lot because I got to play uh, in Once Upon, wait, uh, Once on This Island, mm-hmm. which LaShawn's originated the role that I played. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Aww. Nice little synergy there. Uh, and then we have Issa Briones, who is in Hamilton while she was auditioning for Picard, sending in her audition tapes uh, while also performing in Hamilton. So that's pretty dope. Uh, most recently, we found out that Carol Kane, a Broadway legend and veteran Aww. and TV legend and veteran, is joining Strange New Worlds in season two. I was going to say, literally, <laughs> as soon as I found out Carol Kane is going to be on Star Trek, I had to start a group text with all of my... Um, Jewish aunts and mother's <laughs> friends to be like, oh my god! Jewess royalty is coming to Trek. Yes! We kind of lost our minds for a little bit there. Yeah, understandably. Uh, I just want to shout her out of having, she originated the role of Betty Chumley in Harvey. Um, I think I was in that play. That's not a musical, but that was on Broadway. Uh, but she was in Wicked. Uh, yes. She played Madame Morrible yeah. in Wicked mm-hmm. back in the, mm-hmm. uh, it sounds, seems like for like almost a decade mm-hmm. from 2003 to 14-ish. Well, when you got a uh, role you yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. But then I guess the, the fun now turn tie-in is that our dear Michelle Yeoh 
is now going to be playing Madame Morrible in the <gasps> the in movie. The movie Wait. version. Oh yeah. Is that is that the one that I forgot, Bonnie? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm adding oh, to the list. So exciting though. Oh. Yeah, she's going to be in the movie version. And even though Everything Everywhere All at Once isn't a musical, I feel like it's like what I love about musicals. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. like it's heightened and it's great. So good job. <laughs> anyway, it could be a musical. She, yeah. she blows my mind. She's incredible. Yeah. All right. <gasps> so good. Oh, great. Yes, I think this is probably uh, two of some of our favorites. Anthony Rapp and Wilson Cruz. Yeah. Our Discovery Space Dance. Space Dance. Oh, they my both gosh. have been in Rent. Anthony originated the role of Mark. Wilson was a, uh, first he was on the tour as Angel and then he replaced the Angel that was on Broadway. Uh, our space dads, we love them. We adore them. Mm-hmm. I actually invited them both to be on this episode, but they're both <laughs> too busy living their fabulous ass lives. Speaking of space dads, them. shout I out know. to Anthony, who's a new dad. Space dad. Yeah. He's a new daddy. He's a legit space dad. Yeah. That's why he couldn't be on this because he's he has a newborn. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. Yeah. You a sweet, sweet little baby. <laughs> yeah. And he's probably singing to the sweet little baby. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of baby, BB newer. Sorry, BB. That's a great segue. Thank you, Mary Chifo. Oh my gosh, BB yeah. Newworth, uh, another veteran Broadway actress who was in a chorus line, Sweet Charity, most known for Chicago because she dominated in Chicago for like uh. twenty five years or something. Uh, and she was in Fosse. She was in the Adams Family. She was in First Contact. As well as the episode, another... not the movie. Oh, TNG. Yeah, that's right. She's Thank the you. You're one right. who seduces Riker, and it's kind of sketchy. <laughs> um, but she's she is delightful. <laughs> as much as I wish she'd gotten to do some singing and dancing, or even just a little more, you got to be have respect for that. Like she came, she Rikered, she went. <laughs> yeah. More power to her. Like it's 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 definitely not an episode that's unproblematic from like a modern oh, no. standpoint i did not realize that uh, yeah i saw the note and totally skipped over the tng because i did not realize that was her in that episode that's funny she has little flipper hands kind of wow. <laughs> i need to rewatch it oh, uh, also in that episode another broadway star george hearn yep yeah who is in lots of roles from the 60s through 2012 it looks like maybe even more recent I mean, he was also in Wicked. Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. Sweeney Todd. Diary of Anne Frank, which I don't think was the music, a musical version of that. Sunset Boulevard. Uh, tons. Meet Me in St. Louis. Like tons and tons and tons of Broadway. La Caja Fall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so two major Broadway heavy hitters in one episode. Two for the price of one. <laughs> uh, and then uh, also on our list, we have Donna Murphy, who played Anish in Star Trek Insurrection. She was a Broadway star from the 70s up until as recent as 2018. When she was in Hello, Dolly. Yes, I was in that in high school. Ah. Can, is it possible to just like wish that someone as awesome as Donna Murphy was in a better movie? Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. She sells that part, but I feel like could have had a better part in a better movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, I also want to point out that she did, uh, she did Hello, Dolly, which I was in in high school. She also did The Mystery of Ed- Edwin Drew, the <gasps> original cast member, which I was in in college. Mm. No way! So like, yeah, a lot of uh, my musical theater history. She's is like Donna one of Murphy. your patron theater saints. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. She was also Fosca in the original production of Passions. Nice. Yes. Uh, but I did uh, she was Mystery in Wonderful of Edwin Town. Drude. isn't it such a cute show i love that show i love audience interaction and i it was in high school was and i was like one of the like ensemble members and you really interact with the audience and like yeah just so much fun and yeah for those listening it's a dickens last story that he never finished so you have um, a bunch of alternate endings so you don't know who the murderer is going to be and who the, the there's like another mystery character and 
So every night you have to be prepared for different endings, and it's campy and fun. And it is so fun. The music is great. Yeah. Oh, it's such a great show. I would do. I would love to do that show again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, hopefully someday I get, I get to do that show again. I know. I'm biting my tongue to not just like randomly geek out on uh, throw a bunch of musicals out there. I'm like, no, stop, Bonnie, just stop. Yeah. I mean, we have to get through the list. We have to get through the list. This is this is hard for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't hold back, though. Seriously, yeah. we can popcorn it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but back to the list. Brent Spiner, yes. our dear beloved Data, mm-hmm. appeared on Broadway before and after he was on TNG mm-hmm. in shows such as A History of the American Film, Sunday in the Park with George, 1776, Big River, Three Musketeers. Uh, most of those are musicals, actually. Fun or fact. Or maybe not most, half of them, at least. My mm-hmm. aunt came out to L.A. to pursue a career uh, back in the day, uh, in music and theater and whatnot, and lived next door to Brent Spiner. What? And they were, you know, they were friendly. And then he left for New York for a Broadway thing uh, in between like TNG stuff. And she was supposed to forward his mail, and she did not. <laughs> and he, anytime he sees me in person, he reminds me how dumb that is with my aunt oh for not forwarding his mail. And I'm oh, like, no. I will forge your mail to you. That's <laughs> that that's what it takes I, to win back your remembers. affection. <laughs> Me too. I love that he remembers. That Spite is powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's He's so like, great. She never forwarded my mail. And I'm just looking at him like, oh, no, this is how I get fired from Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> Data says, that's oh, it. God. Uh, there is also a really delightful photo that I think you can Google of Brent Spiner with Judy Garland. Oh, oh yes. yes. He's like 19 or something. Oh, my wow. God. A baby. Yeah. I um I actually studied uh, Sunday in the Park with George in college in one of the programs I was in. And it was great because I'll never forget the first day where we're all like cracking open our books and flipping through it. And uh, my friend John was just a few rows in front of me, huge Trekkie also. And I just got to hear him go... <gasps> data in the silent room and then be like wait where where (laughs) that's great adorbs (laughs) just the raptures data data um well back to our list next up is william shatner in tamberlane the great which uh i have a note here only ran for three weeks does anyone want to comment on that note (laughs) Uh, i'm the one who put this down on the list it's not actually a musical but it is like a big uh, historical production situation. So it looks like it was a very beautiful production, did not necessarily age well, and also uh, was oh. not what... <laughs> like other things. Yeah, it's a, fi- it's, a, it's a Philip Marlowe play about the Middle East, so it's probably oh, as friendly as you would imagine. Um, but the important thing is that uh, the whole... He, was, he made his big Broadway debut for three weeks. That felt just worth noting in terms of the... <laughs> Good job. Sometimes sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's a miss. Um, I have two things to say about that. Uh, well, actually, one uh, about that Tamburlaine particularly, mm-hmm. yeah. which is that there was a Klingon Tamburlaine by yes. a group called The School of Night a what? few years ago. Yeah, they were in the Hollywood Fringe. Oh, my um, gosh. A lady who I did another play with years ago was in it. And she invited me. And it was so dope, y'all. It was so dope. I hope they bring it back. Yeah. But that was just like the Tamburlaine connection. Yeah. Was, did, we, did we go the, Did we go together, we did. Aliza? We went together. Yeah, we, we did. did. Yes. I remember that. That was so <sighs> was fun. That was great. So amazing. So great. It was such a good show. Yeah. So th- maybe that's a way to do Tamburlaine yeah. modernly. Yeah. <laughs> Make it Klingons. <laughs> yeah. They did a great – and they did really disperse Klingons, Romulans. Like mm-hmm. they did a whole – yeah. They had Federation. Yeah. It was, it was great. It was really great. Really fun. And then the other thing I was going to say about Shatner on Broadway is that he also did a one man show called Shatner's World. That probably wasn't a musical. Not Uh. to be mistaken (laughs) by Bobby's World. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, welcome to, well, I guess I could, welcome to William Shatner's World. We call him Willie instead of Billy here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why didn't they call it Willie's World? (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to Willie's World, where you two get a free hot dog with every purchase. I'm more so like a free ham with everything. every performance. Hey. I really want to know what that show was about. I, I'm curious about Shatner's uh, yeah. like concept. It's his one man reenactment of Wayne's World. <laughs> he plays all the roles. Yeah. It's his one one man reenactment of 
Tamburlaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story of how I was in Tamburlaine for three, three weeks. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, goodness. Uh, back up to our list. Grace Lee Whitney. Uh, she's best known as the actress who played Yeoman Janice Rand in TOS. Uh, she also got her start on Broadway in a show called Top Banana. And that was a role that she reprised in the movie version. Has anyone seen Top Banana? Oh, no. I also I also got to find out in researching this that she was the original. Uh, you know, the brand of tuna with the mermaid on the label. Apparently, she was the original tuna mermaid. Tuna? Yeah. Oh. Like, or, was she the original mermaid or the tuna? The original mermaid. The original mermaid. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, what does that mean? She modeled for the... Yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. Isn't it like a drawing or something? I, maybe there was an ad campaign or something. Oh, just what okay. a storied oh, career okay. to have just in this context of she yeah. was on Broadway and a tuna can. And Star Trek. And yeah. Star Trek. What is it? I, I'm sorry to backtrack, but I found the playbill for <gasps> Shatner's World, yeah. uh, which includes his opening message. Oh, no. tell us. What is it? And uh, I won't read the whole thing, but I'll, I'll give you the first paragraph. Please do. Oh, God. A one-man show, by definition, is one man. I know we are all <laughs> alone in life, and as much as we try to reach out to other people, fall in love, have children, and keep social contacts alive, still we are alone, and we die alone. Jesus. Oh, Our life is pretty Jesus. much a one-man show. So it's a comedy. And yet, we mask it <laughs> with our flurries of activities and meetings and texting and jokes and gossip and Pilates, all of it to hide our essential aloneness. Chat, Star Trek podcast. Are you okay? <laughs> Chat, I know you've been troubled, uh, but are you yeah, okay? Yeah, it also uses the word piquant. William oh. Shatner, if, if you're not okay, blink twice. We're coming to get you. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to... We will take you away from the Pilates. Danny Crane needs his James Spader. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That's... There's a lot of Shatner jokes I think we could just rip for another hour on. <laughs> Probably. Uh, uh, back to the list. Uh, Nana Visitor began her career on Broadway as well mm -hmm. in the 1970s. And she returned to star in the Broadway and touring productions of Chicago after DS9. Mm -hmm. Dope, dope, dope. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. You really Love would have think they would have given her a dance number or two on DS9. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, she has the fever. Episode. She does get one number. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually, slight segue, um, the, um, there have been some Broadway songs on Star Trek because <gasps> not, not fever, but, um, Blue Skies was originally written for a Rogers and Hart musical, Betsy. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's possible that some of the other jazz numbers that show up oh, in yeah. Star Trek are from like that era where popular music was songs that were written in like the, the jazz songbook mm -hmm, area, mm -hmm, right. era. Sorry, um, where, uh, you know, and they were largely written for songs on Broadway, but then they got recorded and covered by all these different artists and became standards. Mm -hmm. Good call. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. But George Takei, George Takei had a Broadway, has, I guess, had, has Broadway musical Allegiance, which is probably the one of the most recent Broadway credits on this list of Star Trek actors. Um, and he, this, he like created and developed this. It's based on his childhood, uh, and, and his family. And starred in it. Yeah. And he starred in it. Yeah. And he's played a couple of different roles in it as well in different iterations of it. He played it here in LA and in New York and probably other theaters across the country. Uh, another TOS veteran actor, uh, Nichelle Nichols. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta well give known, her credit. I mean, come on, right? Yeah. Well known singer and dancer in Chicago. And before Trek, she played in a musical on Broadway called Kicks and Co. Oh, sorry. It wasn't on Broadway. It was just big in Chicago. Oh, ba -ba. there we go. Thank you. So, yeah, Kicks and Co. was not on Broadway, but she is. Uh, well, we know she's a singing and dancing lady, too. Yeah. And the scuttlebutt was that she wanted to return to Broadway at one point. That, yes. To get on Broadway. Be exactly. On Broadway. She was going to leave. That was the Martin Luther King yeah, story, though. Yeah, she was going to leave the show to do Broadway. And he talked her out of leaving and to staying on the show. So, so yeah, our sweet Michelle Nichols, R.I.P., my queen. Mm -hmm. And back to the list, Joel Gray. <laughs> Joel Gray. Um, Joel Gray. This this was the episode that I specifically rewatched right before doing this. Um, Joel Gray, such a storied career on Broadway, really very well known for being the MC in Cabaret and then reprising that role for the movie. And um, 
his role in this episode always sticks with me because there's a point where he's trying to help Janeway get through this resistance situation and get past these guards. So he comes out and he does like a little kind of vaudeville shtick to distract the guards to allow a guy to get away. And um, I mentioned my Junis before, but there's a special love of Jewish theater and vaudeville uh, and that specifically as an act of resistance being used historically um, really resonates and makes for an interesting uh, thing to consider when watching this that like, yeah, you hear stories about Marcel Marceau using mime and funny bits to like uh, calm down kids that they were smuggling out of France and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. there's very much a history in Jewish theater of that. Amazing. Yeah. That's so dope. Okay, we all need to rewatch that episode with that context in yeah. mind. And fun mm-hmm. fact, you might cry a little with that context watching Ugh. that episode. Ugh. Well, Joel Gray. Yeah. Joel Gray. Joel Gray, everybody. And he also, he was the original wizard in Wicked. Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, 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 will, I will take on the Wicked trivia for this one. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Thank you for supplying that. <laughs> wicked trivia provided by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the list. Lynn. Lynn, I love how much whoever that is who laughs every time I says I say that. Thank you. I love you. Um, Len Cariou in Voyager's Coda played an alien taking the appearance. I, I literally copied and pasted this from Memory Alpha. He played an alien taking the appearance of Mad- Admiral Janeway in the Star Trek Voyager third season episode Coda. He is known for his extensive work on Broadway, most notably his Tony Award winning portrayal of Sweeney Todd in the musical Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barbara of Fleet Street. I love that freaking show. I've never yes. gotten to be in it, but I know Everybody's got a song time that they will die for. I have several. I'm, Let's be real. I think everyone has yeah. several, right? But yeah. Uh, Sweeney Todd is freaking god I got to watch this episode with someone who A, didn't really know who Stephen Sondheim was and B, hadn't heard of Sweeney Todd so he shows up and Janeway's like Daddy, is that you? And he's like, I love you, sweetheart. Let me sing you a little song. And I'm like, that's Sweetie Todd. The demon barber of Fleet Street is on Voyager singing at the captain and the guys I'm with are just like who is that? Should we know who that is? And I'm just having a complete and total conniption fit over it. <laughs> but does that make does that make Janeway Joanna in that context then? If she's uh, the daughter yes, of Sweetie Todd, I think Todd? that is now canon. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to the list. <laughs> Camille Saviola. Oh, I love her. We've got them on our list. So she portrayed Kai Opaka in four episodes of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Her Broadway credits included uh, the part of Madame Madalena in the original production of Nine and Matron Mama Morton in the revival of Chicago. So many little, M's. Yeah, lots of <laughs> M's. I had to pause for some of them. A little Elisa <laughs> note is that until today, I didn't know Camille Saviola was Italian and not black. I thought she was a black lady. What? I thought Kaiopaka Ka- was a black lady this whole time. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else <laughs> thought that. Anyone else listening? <laughs> Oh, no, I've heard multiple yeah. people have yeah, that experience totally before, yeah. But she's Italian, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah uh, another... So I'm seeing also a couple of musicals that pop up a lot, which are Chicago and Wicked with the Star Trek mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. If we can just mash the two together, we will have the ultimate Star Trek actor. Fosse and Oz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we are almost at the end of the list. So I'll just blast through this. Ricardo Montalban was nominated for a Tony for the show Jamaica, which also starred Lena Horne. Ah, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I've never heard of this show. Calypso show. Do you know anything else about it? I only just I only just found out about it today while doing my research on it because I had a moment where I remembered, wait, Khan could dance like a mofo. <laughs> he was probably on Broadway at some point. And I remembered this because every now and then people will remember he did these terrific numbers with Sid Charisse and they're incredibly sexy and he wasn't a trained dancer he just had the really good movement for dancing with Sid Charisse who also got to find this out today is Nana Visitor's yep. aunt what I nobody told me this I had mm. to find it out on my own on the internet Broadway wow. database 
Nobody thought to inform me of this. I have the uh, 2LP album of Lena Horne uh, live at Carnegie Hall, where she does like a retrospective mm. of her career, oh. and and she talks about Jamaica. So that was the only thing that that's my frame of reference. <gasps> wow. I need to see this. I had no idea. Very cool. <laughs> um, and then to round out our list, again, it's not an ex- exhaustive list, but there's tons of other TOS specifically mm-hmm. guest stars. So we have Barbara Luna, who played Anita in five productions, five productions of West Side Story. That's a lot. Uh, and then we have, oh, and she played Diana in a chorus line. I will just interject briefly to say yeah. that Barbara Luna's uh, ethnic background is not Latina. Um, she is, mm-hmm. uh, well, had had a mixed uh, race background, including um, Philippine descent. But one of the things that she talked about um, at Star Trek conventions was how, like, at this time in Hollywood and, and in theater, people only wanted to cast her in these in the roles of like role. different ethnicities yeah. um, regardless of her background and mm-hmm. one of the things that she liked about Star Trek like she went to audition and she's like okay so what accent am I doing and they're like mm. no this is just a role mm. and uh, it was like the first time she had had a role that wasn't kind of tagged to being a particular like representation of a different ethnicity that's, that's awesome mm. I feel like I've heard similar things from other uh, sci-fi actors, mm-hmm. I guess, in general. Like, I know Zoe Saldana has said a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, why she loves playing characters who are alien. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of, like, removes her from having to be put into this constant box. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's really that's really dope. And then uh, some other folks. Uh, tell me if I'm... Are these other... So, Julie Newmar, Susan Oliver. Yep. Those are other TOS They're actors, They're guest right? stars. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, so Julie Newmar, Susan Oliver, William Marshall, and Frank Gorshin, and many, many more. Shout out to Gates McFadden, who's also an amazing choreographer. She's a choreographer, Mm -hmm. yes. Yes. And I'm going to add to the list from Star Trek Prodigy, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, is amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. David Diggs is in Star Trek Prodigy. How could we we miss him? How can you miss him playing Thomas Jefferson in Hamilton? And Marquis de Lafayette in Hamilton. He's amazing. Shame um, on us. He for, won a Tony. That. Yeah. Y'all. He, he won did. a Tony. Uh, he is in Star Trek Prodigy. And so I can say, oh, yeah, me and David, we're such good friends, <laughs> but we're not. But we will be. I'll make sure of this. Oh, and also, like, I mean, the, all the cast that they've brought in for Prodigy, especially the new cast under Admiral Janeway, I'm like, can I go hang out with them? I've already met Jason Alexander <laughs> a few times because he's actually a magician and a member of the Magic Castle. And so, a musical theater actor. Yeah. And a musical theater actor. So actually, Jason yeah. Alexander, we will add to the list. Oh, my Mr. God. Mr. Broadway himself. True. The producers. On Star Trek, yes, he was. Yes. Yep. Was also on the Voyager episode Think Tank. Yeah. yeah. And he's and he's in Star Trek Prodigy as well. Like, seriously, the list goes on and on. If we sat mm-hmm. down and really thought about it, the list would be too long. And I know all yeah. the people listening yeah. are going mm-hmm. to be commenting and listing all the people we missed. And it's a yep. long list. It's a long list. Yeah, just do it in a nice way. Like, we are, we would love you to help fill out our list in the comments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we didn't leave people out on purpose. We just only have an hour or so per yeah. episode. I did, I did also want to add uh, with Isa, who, um, I was fortunate enough at the beginning of this year, we did a staged reading of my girlfriend Maddie Goff's play Ladyface, and she played a role in it. And she's an amazing theater person, just like, you know, as you would expect. And her um, dad, John John, who was right. in the second season of Picard as mm-hmm. um, as uh, the husband, right? Of Yeah, um, the husband of Seven as the, yeah, uh, as president, the president of... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he... Uh, has a, you know, a tremendous career coming from, he was in the 1989 London production of Miss Saigon and then, um, did a bunch of touring productions. And that was, I know how, I think that's how Issa's parents met and they were both in it. And they, they can tell me that I was wrong, but I believe that was it. And then ultimately more recently in the West End revival, he played the engineer and got nominated for the Laurence Olivier Award for best actor in a musical. And then, wow. then transferred to the Broadway show and, uh, is an incredible singer and performer. Um, and I just adore their whole family. They're just such good people. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to say that. Yay. <laughs> good, talented people. It's nice yes. when you know people are good people. 
Right. Um, yes. But, yeah. So comforting. Yeah, just incredible. And Issa's singing voice is insane. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I have a question for all of us. Go I haven't gone through this list. Is there some special connection between Star Trek and musical theater? Or is it just a matter that actors who ha actors with lots of training are bound to end up in Star Trek and or musical theater? Is it mm -hmm. a correlation or a causation? <laughs> Scientific question. Um, I feel like with, with when it comes to the crossover, I feel like a lot of people who are in Star Trek are just genuinely good actors. And mm -hmm. when it comes to when you look at these people's rep, not repertoire, their, you know, IMDb and all their credits, it's not just Star Trek. They're, they're everywhere. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's just yeah. a coincidence that they're also in Star Trek. So I feel like it's all about, it's all about training. I feel like some of the best, I feel like that's why we have so many amazing actors too, like British stage actors who are also incredible screen actors. Cause I feel like certain training, um, I mean, Picard, I think comes, he comes from like a, you know, Shakespeare background and yep. I said, I said Picard, wow, Bonnie, you know, but yeah, I, I agree. I think I was going to say that I've often attributed my Shakespeare training, um, to helping me so much with playing a Klingon specifically in Trek. But I think you see that across the board, like you could do a whole, you know, episode looking at all of the actors that come from specifically doing a lot of Shakespeare or theater in general. And I do feel the, the Venn diagram for me is, is living in heightened worlds, embracing archetypes um, and grounding them in reality. Um, at least, you know, that's always been my goal because I, I love and thrive in, in the heightened characters. That's where I love to play. I love, you know, to transform, to be alien, um, whether that be literally an alien in a sci-fi story or just a character that, you know, um, extends me outward you know it, you know pushes me to be the most uh extended version of myself and uh i feel like you observe that um across the board with different characters like all of these different actors played a lot of different roles on these trek episodes and movies but um oftentimes you find us in the in the alien roles or computer roles <laughs> mm -hmm. the the non-human roles um, Did someone say computer? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. But I, I do <laughs> find that, that I think there's definitely, it's, it makes sense that it's musical theater, but I think any, any sort of training, whatever background it is, and I think we all find and, um, you kind of create our own training throughout our lives, and it's an ever going process of, you know, expanding and, and continuing to exercise our, um, instrument. Um, but it's the folks that really do, um, embrace larger storytelling, aren't afraid of being a large character because you trust that mm -hmm. if you ground it in their truth, it's, it's going to look great. And characters you know, that are out of this world. Yeah. <laughs> hey. um, Amazing. Jumping off yeah. that, coming from a voice, uh, from a voiceover standpoint, mm -hmm. as a voiceover actor, um, you know, I do so many panels at conventions talking about voiceover and, my music background has been such a, I guess, a, what's the word I want to use? A tool in, in my mm -hmm. career. And mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of voiceover actors come from a music or musical training as well. In the sense, I always tell people, if you want to get into voiceover, take voice lessons, take music lessons, because mm -hmm. you learn how to breathe correctly. You learn how to, again, as Mary was saying, like use your instrument in a way um, that you didn't think you could. And it yeah. gives you so much more range. And it's not just about being a singer. Like, take singing lessons and you don't have to be a singer. Just yeah. you'll figure out so much more of, as an actor, the like the, your pitch, all the different pitches and, and mm -hmm. tones you can create with your voice. Um, and it's why, um, you know, with music, I feel it's, it's given me such a push within the voiceover, um, community. Absolutely. Amazing. Think, yeah, ri rhythm and and yeah, pitch. Yep, and rhythm. All of dubbing, that. dubbing mm -hmm. the flaps in mm -hmm. anime and and video <laughs> games. <Yeah>. It's <laughs> a, it's basically a rhythm game. I'm basically playing Guitar Hero. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with a flap lip. <laughs> I have a question for everyone: Is there an episode or movie of Star Trek that you would want to see turned into a musical? Does all of the above count? Uh, all of it. All of Star <laughs> yeah. Trek. All of Star Trek. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. To 
my own horn, my own Klingon horn. But uh, <gasps> uh, we, oh, yes. it, there's a notorious evening that happened uh, in uh, Dortmund. We were at the Dortmund convention, Kenneth Mitchell and uh, Shazad Latif and John Van Sitters, uh, VP of uh, licensing at Star- for Star Trek, the, ni- the night before we left. We came up with a musical version of uh, the what became the, the third episode of the second season, the, the big uh, Klingon episode with Laurel being Chancellor. Um, but we came ah! we came up with it before we had gotten even an outline of the script, and we were really close to what the actual episode became. It was so wild. I've sung it on a panel, but, like, the opening was what had happened over that weekend was they had released, like, a a teaser, the teaserest of teasers, but they showed a clip of a sketch of Laurel's garden. There was, like, you know, one frame of, like, that behind-the-scenes thing. And, of course, people were screenshotting it and going, Laurel has a garden! Oh, my God, what's going on? And I didn't know I had a garden. I just, I mean, I knew I was the chancellor. That I knew I was the chancellor, and I knew that there was probably going to be a child involved and that Ken was coming back as another, like, an ancestor of Cole. And, uh, obviously, Tyler was, you know, a mess. And- Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, so sorry to those. But, so we just started saying, well, what would be the opening? And so I came up with... Um, uh, here I am in my garden. I don't know what to do. Tyler's here on Kronosh, and he hasn't got a clue. And <laughs> it kind of just uh, <laughs> took off from there, and we just improvised like 30 minutes of a musical of Coleshaw trying to be mean to me because I was a lady chancellor, and and then Tyler just being moody and... So we have joked that we will sometime actually write that song. Uh, but I do think that episode is very Greek Shakespearean. It could be a musical. Like, I think the episodes that really cater to that are ones that are just that, you know, extreme. Yeah, I agree. I think there's so much in Klingon canon that could be turned into opera. Spe- yeah. I think specifically opera would also yeah. be dope. Yeah. But opera is a cousin of musical theater. Uh, and I do want to point out that there's a, there is a, I think, Swedish Klingon opera called, what is it called? I think, is it called Ooh? <laughs> the Swedes are doing it. You know it's going to be so Ooh. metal. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's called Ooh. That's awesome. I, I've seen it. It's on, you can watch it on YouTube, sort of. It's like broken up, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if I should mention this, but uh, something that I've never said out loud, and I'm excited to say this. Well, it's... I don't think it's ever going to happen, so I think I'm just going to say it. So uh, my friend Q, uh, who sadly recently passed away, and another friend of ours, Darcy Rose Burns, we were actually writing a – to pitch a musical episode short trek to <gasps> Star Trek. Please do And came it up still. with an entire episode. I mean, I'm not going to give you too many details. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Because yeah, one yes. day, who knows, it actually might happen. Yeah. But shout out to Darcy Rose, if she's listening, because she wrote some of the music and it's so good. And one, one of them, the only one I'm going to mention is it, it, um, basically something happens where everything goes into like musical mode or whatever. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how or why or what, but it also affects the like turbo lift and the replicator and the holodeck. <laughs> it, it, it affects everything. Cool. And so like you get into like the turbo lift and all of a sudden you hear like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> uh, and it's like, welcome in sin. Welcome in. <laughs> oh. Welcome to the turbo lift. You know, it's like all of this like weird <laughs> things, but nice. it's like really, and it's so funny and they're just trying to get about their daily like tasks and everything has gone to hell. Um, it's really funny, um, I but I won't it. give away too many of the songs or ideas because one day, who knows, I might actually get the opportunity to pitch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to Darcy Rose, who wrote some amazing hysterical uh, musical numbers and also some really heart wrenching ones. Um, but we, yeah, we came up this whole, because I really feel like Star Trek is so big and out of this world, literally, and uses such big characters like you ultimately could easily turn it into a musical because everyone and everyone speaks their minds it's it's all about diplo- di- uh, di- oh my gosh diplomacy and and um using your emotions and your heart to lead instead of you know bombs and <laughs> giant phasers 
even though that's there in there too. But I feel like <laughs> with a lot of Star Trek, you know, they sit around and they discuss things and they talk things. And what musicals are is basically when you don't have the words, when you're when you're lost for words and you're feeling over emotional, th- then you put it to music and it becomes music. So I feel like there's a lot of moments in Star Trek that would that could be done that way. Yeah. Well, I have two episodes that I would want to turn into a musical. First one is TOS, The City on the Edge of Forever. Mm. And then DS9, Far Beyond the Stars. Yeah. And those two in particular, first of all, I feel like a time travel story would blend really well to musical theater for Star Trek. Because, you know, there's so many different styles that you could dip into and play around with in those Uh, But those two stories in particular also have really cool emotional beats that I love. And I'm like, there could be a song right here (laughs) Mm -hmm. for both of those. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking um, Trouble with Tribbles for like a classic Broadway musical (laughs) style. Very like singy, Mm dancey. I was trying to think of like who I would cast in it. um, But I couldn't think of anyone to play Kirk. But if anyone has ideas, uh, comment. Um, But I think that Jonathan Groff would make a good Spock. Oh, Ooh. interesting. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. That was in unison. That was almost in harmony. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was also, I was partly the reason I, it immediately occurred to me as an option was um, because of the fight scene with the Klingons just being like a great choreography dance number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Klingons and Romulans, but it's like the jets and the sharks. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 I love yeah. that. Dun, 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 yeah. Klingons. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be great. Grace, do you have yeah. do you have one? Got five words for you. A chorus line, lower decks. <laughs> oh yeah. Got yeah. it. Where it's just all the different one shot characters per episode coming and singing what their whole deal is. Love it. And it, it'd be pips yeah. and ass. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> You guys, you cannot give the person who does parodies these ideas because now I I already don't have any free time. (laughs) And now my brain is going like, ooh, what if? (laughs) I was also just imagining like, I was like, okay, if if something was going to be a Sondheim musical, I'm like, it has to be like complicated and slightly dark. So um, maybe if it's just like about Cisco's journey, it's just like Cisco the musical. Yeah. and maybe just mm. like season seven and like, hey, my mom was maybe an alien and we're at war and I'm getting married, but the prophets don't want me to and oh, all yeah. this kind of stuff. No. Yeah, that I feel would like be really good. the Sondheim episode or the Sondheim musical would be the the episode with Beverly Crusher with the ghost candle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, wait, wait, we do that one. But as a big bombastic Phantom of the Opera style. Yes. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the candle of my grandma is here under my sheets. Captain Proton, the musical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Are we so good? And everything's yeah. black and white. I'm yeah. in. When are we doing this? Um, well, I want to, uh, before we go, I do want to give a shout out because I'm an independent creator. And, you know, Mary and Bonnie, we all, even despite our professional stuff, we do independent stuff. And there's been a lot of independent Star Trek musical parody things. So I just want to really quick run through a short list of those for people to check out. There's one on YouTube called Boldly Go. It's a full-length Star Trek musical parody. It was like a full broad, not Broadway, but full off stage Broadway. production. Yeah. Off Broadway. Okay, I didn't know it was off Broadway. I, I think I think I follow them on Twitter. That's amazing. Yeah, so you can watch that on YouTube. It's like two and a half hours long. Uh, I also want to give Bonnie and the Library Bards a shout out because they did a parody of Star Trek called Now You Have the Bridge, Spock. Uh, And that was awesome and dope. So go watch that. And I have a lot of Star Trek songs. There's a lot of other ones. Yep. Uh, Library Bards. I just did the hand movement. You can't see it, but I did it. Uh, (laughs) Mary also did a Klingon song called Steel and Flame that was featured in Star Trek Online. Uh, so definitely go check that out. You can Very find that fun. on YouTube. Very fun. Uh, and really amazing and powerful. Uh, and with my friend Jason Charles Miller as well. Yes, yes. Who I played D&D with. Uh, and then the Discovery cast did a Star Trek Rent parody, which you can see on Facebook Watch. If you Google it, it'll, that should pop up. It's quite charming. Um, and then a shout out to my own little super niche Star Trek musical improv group. That was a shout. It was a, a spinoff. Of my spin-off Star Trek improv group. 
So we were called Song Squadron, and we did exactly one online show where we improvised a musical episode of Star Trek. I watched it. It was amazing. <laughs> I have the video somewhere. It it's not online ridiculous. yet. ridiculous. I'll post it someday online. Yes. Um, and there's so many, many more independent creators who are already feeding into the Star Trek and musical theater crossover. So it exists out there. You can go find it. Support independent creators. Uh, and that's about all the time we have for today. Mary, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Mary the Chief. I'm still lingering on Twitter, but I'm mainly on Instagram these days. <laughs> all right. Bonnie, where can we find you? You can find me everywhere at Bonnie Bell G. And please follow all the socials because my solo album comes out really soon. I, I, and it's, 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 it has a Star Trek song on it. Oh, yay! yay. I can't wait to hear it. Grace, where can we find you? You can find me across social media at Bone Crusher Jank and here on the street where you live. <laughs> She's always watching. Wait, I see you right now. What? <laughs> I meant that as a musical theater reference, but it came off kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Jara, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on the bad website at Jarrah Penguin. That's J-A-R-R-A-H Penguin. And also, um, if you want, if you want to hear us talk at length about the Brigadoon inspired episode of Do Space Nine Meridian, uh, you can listen to our uh, patron spore jump episode about that over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash women at warp. Amazing. And I'm Aliza Pearl. You can find me at Aliza Pearl on Instagram, still on Twitter. Yes. Also on Hive, which is very fun. And it smells nicer than musky ass Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm also the real Aliza Pearl on TikTok. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you to all of my guests and my fellow co-hosts. To learn more about our show or to contact us, visit womenatwarp.com, email us at crew at womenatwarp.com, or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Women at Warp. Thank you so much for listening. Ta-ta! Kapla! -ta! <laughs>